welcome to episode 11 of the Prep Files podcast. You are joined by your hosts, Amy and Tyrone. In today's episode, we will be going through the optimal rep ranges for building muscle, as well as myth busting a couple of topics that I know we've been speaking about and I know a lot of social media you see on the daily. So we thought we'd go through some of these today. Um, Welcome, Tyrone, and how are you? Hey Amy, how are you going? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, and I'm I'm actually really excited about this one because I might get a little bit fired up. There's a few things in uh, in this topic that we're going to talk about optimal rep ranges and uh, what rep ranges we use for hypertrophy, but also you know, do deadlifts make your waist thick? I love this one. I love looking at this one. I love listening to this one. I love debating this one. It's such a clickbait title. I know a lot of people. Have probably seen this title before, and it's had the good discussion about does deadlifting make your waist thick? And today I thought would not only just I suppose go through and do a little bit of myth busting, but also where this topic may have stemmed from and reasons why it potentially could be ineffective in terms of building your physique. Straight off the bat, I know there's a very prominent comp prep coach that you know we're all we're all well aware of that speaks very much about the non-use of deadlifting for his female competitors in specifics due to his belief of making the waist thicker. What are your thoughts? So I was a hard no, and I definitely was on the side of deadlifting doesn't make your waist thicker, that's silly, don't be stupid. But I don't know, this is how this topic came up because we were having the discussion about it and I thought this would be a really good podcast episode. And I do think there are parts to this that could potentially, I wouldn't say, it's not a negative effect on your body. So I'm not going to say deadlifting makes your waist thick, but I do think there are some parts of this (laughs) myth that could be ineffective it first came up because we we're talking about deadlifts of your program and correct etc cetera, etc cetera, and you we were looking at photos of the ifbb nationals etc cetera, etc cetera, and you know the winners generally do have well first of all let's go through bikini is a very small waist it's that x frame small waist big shoulders big glutes and this is where it stemmed correct. from and i actually have to correct you on one of the points that you made i literally brought up Two of probably the best figures that that have been around in the in the last what ten years, 20, 15 years, right? And that's Lauren Simpson and Hattie Boyle, right? And both were competed in powerlifting. And you actually said you were like, oh, but both were figure. Anyways, point is, Lauren Simpson was bikini, and Hattie Boyle was fitness. So, and both have deadlift like fucking triple body weight, like they're ridiculously strong. Both tra- both have trained like Sebastian Orab, uh, Hattie Boyle, and um obviously Lauren Simpson was what's the thing you can't argue with the results right so there's both ends of the spectrum it's like you can build muscle without having to deadlift but is deadlifting going to be a detriment to your physique 100 you can build muscle without it you don't need it just like you don't need to squat just like you don't need to deadlift you don't need to bench press you don't need to overhead press you can build muscle as long as you are training within proximal uh, as close to proximal failure and you know whether you look at the research and it's within two reps in reserve or it's a failure every single time as long as, or it's in a length and partial as long as you aim to take the muscle fiber from insertion to origin right from the sh- from the longest range to the shortest range possibly adding in some extended lengths and partials as well and going to as close to failure as possible you will build muscle 
right? And obviously you need to be in a nutritional surplus as well. That's, that's, that's a different topic. But from an exercise perspective, it doesn't matter what exercise you choose and whether it's dumbbell, freeway, cable, barbell, machine, they all build muscle. You don't need to do anything. Yeah, guys, just train with intensity. Thank you, podcast over. Just fucking train hard. That's it. That's it. Stop, stop, like. It's overcomplicated. Yeah, it, it is going to be overcomplicated these days. And as as you know, as, you know, somebody who trains with me, I'm very much somebody who's always looking for that little bit extra edge. And I'm looking for, you know, exercises that may be a bit more nuanced. But at the end of it, like for me in perspective, I have the meat and veg. There's the meat and nuts, right? I like to get a little bit creative with your programming. I'm a little bit more on the simple side. I'm like, man, just give me like, you know, a straight set, shoulder press, squat, bench, whatever. And let me just do the reps, take it to failure and move on. I'm boring. Well, it's very much your, it's like your food and my food. If you looked at your food and then you looked at my food, that's how our programming is. Maybe it says a lot about, about us, but hey, that's another topic. Mine's got some herbs and spices. And yours is just meat and veg. Correct. <laughs> I can't argue, look. And there's nothing wrong with either one, to be fair. Okay, so where could deadlifting potentially be ineffective to your physique? Uh, when you train with poor form. I think that's number one. Yeah, when you do it incorrectly and we do it with poor form, that is the biggest one. And that's when it's going to be a detriment to not only your physique, but it's going to be a detriment to your health and your physiology at the same time. So that is number one. The other one... Going through a deadlift, it should be, you should be bracing your core and you should be driving with the legs and the upper body should be holding the bar. So you shouldn't be relying on your erectors or your lower back to be lifting the movement. And now, yes, if you're pulling up sore every single session and your erectors are killing you, maybe it's time for you to take a little look at your technique or invest in a coach, have them have a look at it, break it down and fix that technique because that's probably where it's stemming from. Exactly right. And this is where we actually had the argument of could you have extra large erectors or, you know, out of proportion erectors from deadlifting if you are pretty much just lifting with your erectors and you're getting no glute drive because you do get a little bit of quad drive and you do get most of the glute drive out of the deadlift. So if you're not getting those from the leg, you're not pushing the legs and you're just lifting with your erectors, you are going to have out-of-proportion sized erectors. Simple as that. Because you're using them. Correct. That's the way it goes. Will that make your waist look thicker? I think in perspective of, look, you will get a little bit of abdominal hypertrophy from your compound movements, but it's so small because at the end of the day, so and the only reason why you're going to get that is because the abs are preventing spinal flexion. But in order to cause hypertrophy of the abdominals, the rectus abdominis, you need to flex it, which you're not flexing in either of those movements. And that would be, unless you're fucking deadlifting in a curved, like a Jefferson curl position and squatting in that, you're not using your abs. You're not using your rectus abdominis, which is that six-pack muscle. It's you're using your transverse abdominis, which is underneath it. And is that that is your, I quote, core muscle and prevent you know the help of the bracing but remember you got to remember at the same time that when you are bracing like you're bracing with lats as well because you're pulling your shoulders back and down and bracing with the lats in order to help stabilize the spine at the same time when you're deadlifting you're bending in the bar so you get 
that tension under the lats. Well, your core should be used for every compound lift. So it doesn't just go for deadlifting. It goes for squatting, overhead pressing, everything. You should be bracing your core no matter what lift you're doing. So I suppose there's merit to say then, you know, you're using your core in a deadlift, but you're also using your core in every other lift as well. You're using your core in bloody tricep pushdowns. What's, you, know what the limiting, you know what the limiting factor on a tricep pushdown is? Your core. Because you've got to brace. You've got to stabilize. Which is why you'll see me sometimes pull out a bench and perform some wacky tricep, overhead tricep extension movements. Probably more so as prep goes on too. Well, yeah. And, and look, and that's going to bring us to our, another point. In a heavy calorie deficit, maybe towards the back end of prep, is where a deadlift may be detrimental to your your program because you are in a uh, depleted state with very little body fat. Depleted state. Yeah, I, I say that as you know, I've been quite shit all day today and feeling depleted. You're at a higher risk of injury, and you want to have the exercises maybe lean towards more machines where you are a little bit more stable, and you don't have to stabilize yourself. Yeah, I know. Even with my prep, we took deadlifting out towards the last couple of months of prep just because I did purely didn't have the energy or the nervous system drive to be able to lift a heavy weight and I did actually find that I was compensating by using my lower back a lot more than what I probably should have been so it definitely goes in phases deadlifting is so fun in the off season when you've got a bit of body fat on you you got high food and you just lift some heavy shit off the floor like it's actually quite fun but in prep it can become a bit of a like everything it does become a bit of a chore but it also then can become not as effective and there's not really much merit in performing it whether you want to say that the research says that there's no such thing as central nervous system taxing i don't know about you man but when i'm fucking lifting dead when i'm doing deadlifts and i'm lifting fucking heavy like i am cooked and that's like i can be cooked in a surplus let alone in a deficit and lean. Deficits can be very taxing towards the nervous system. And look, honestly, it's probably something you don't necessarily want to train towards failure either because that's generally where you're going to cause a greater risk of, of injury at the same time. And the same thing goes with barbell back squats. The same thing goes with front squats. The same thing goes with maybe an overhead shoulder press. When you are in a depleted state with low calories, low body fat, towards the back end of prep, you're tired, Training isn't, you know, the greatest thing you're going to do all day. And not only physically, but mentally too. I know a lot of the research is you should still be making a lot of gains, especially in a deficit. And definitely true, you should still be pushing heavy weights and lifting heavier loads. Your lift should not be regressing significantly, especially in the first couple of months of, say, a comp prep. But definitely in the back end of things, a lot of the days you're dragging your ass to the gym. Like there's no other way around it. So going in and then knowing that you've got a heavy deadlift set to perform, just mentally you're already tapped out before you've even started. Look, when I did my photo shoot, I did my back doing a hack squat. Simple as like, why? Because you still need to have some sort of brace. You've got to push against the pad and you've got to make sure that you are bracing. And I next minute I was uh, couldn't bend over and had struggle breathing. I was at the chiropractor trying to get my back fixed up. But moving on, there's no real go on, Amy. Is there really a an exercise apart from straight ab exercises that will cause your waist to look thicker? I mean, I did get told by a coach not to do hanging leg raises because they will make my waist look thicker too. But you got to remember. 
at the end of the day with competing I mean it depends on what category you're doing I suppose men's you definitely need that full six-pack no matter what division you're in but with females you need that core definition and essentially if you're not training your core you're not going to have any core definition remember your abs are still a muscle and they still need to be worked to be shown in bikini you don't want that hardcore six-pack, but you still need the definition there to be able to show. Well, that comes down to you know the amount of body fat that you're holding as well, right? I mean, if you look at a lot of the, the bikini competitors that won in a lot of the, the federations in this last season, they were walking around with six-packs backstage, right? But it also came down to their posing. They flared the ribs. They made sure that their abs weren't contracted at the same time. So it gave it actually made their their six pack disappear and you know because that was the condition that they needed to get to in order to get you know the lower body specifically and those good hand tines they the six pack was coming and the six pack came um it just came down to posing and making those lines disappear or maybe even doing some ab exercises so that you get a bit of inflammation and a bit of blood flow towards it and cause that you know a bit of blurriness so you're not as sharp through the midsection Yeah, and I know for me, deadlifting definitely helped not just with my physique personally, but also with my other lifts because those large compound lifts, you do move some heavy weight. And maybe this is mentally, I don't know if there's any studies to prove this, but I found that as my deadlifting got heavier, all my other lifts also got stronger because if I'm deadlifting, say, 100 plus kilos, now I go back and do a Romanian deadlift and I'm only doing, say, 60 to 70. Man, that felt so much nicer and a lot more achievable going from a 100 kilo deadlift, not only performing the movement, but just holding the weight in my hands on the bar. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to argue with that at all. I mean, not only with myself, I've seen it with myself. I mean, as I find that my deadlift has been so transferable onto everything, whether you know, just the more I can deadlift, I, whether it'll be a mental thing or it's there is a study, the better I feel like I train all over and the better I, the more I've seen you know, clients deadlift over the years and get stronger at that movement, look, as well as others, but the better the physique I have seen. I remember we're deadlifting like what, once a week? So it's not like our whole entire program volume is just going to deadlift after deadlift after deadlift. Like it is seriously one session a week, probably for a set of three to four, and that's it. We move on. We've got other accessory lifts to grow our hamstrings, our glutes, our quads, our shoulders. We're not using a deadlift specifically for that, but I do think that it has carryover to all those accessory lifts. And I do think that putting the body, especially the posterior chain, under such an enormous amount of load, especially concentrically and eccentrically, if you are doing a slow eccentric, does have carryover effects and obviously does build, has a hypertrophy effect. I mean, look, if you look at some of the best backs in the world, they generally come from the guys that do either gymnasts or the guys that do the big, have the biggest about deadlifts. And what do gymnasts do, right? Chin-ups all day long. Or variations. Lots of. Or they have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a shit ton of great delts. Do you just have great delts? I think you got good delts too. So maybe that's where they come from. But it's my gymnastics background. And that's right. You know, for let's say, you know, competitive athletes, you're most likely only deadlifting from the ground once a week. You're probably doing a Romanian deadlift or some other hip hinge variation another time of the week. You know, we're not powerlifting where you need to deadlift once, twice, maybe three times a week in order to get those numbers going. So, and, you know, in terms of rep range, I mean, you're not going to be, I mean, 
generally speaking, you're not going. <laughs> I'm interested to see your take on this because I'm like, I reckon I've done every rep range under the sun. So, yeah, tell me more. Generally speaking, for the majority of people, you won't be doing high numbers in rep range. I mean, from a personal perspective. For deadlifting, this is, yeah. This is for deadlifting. From a personal perspective and from a, the way I program, for somebody beginning out, generally that six to eight rep range mark. And then it will generally get lower. Say that so hesitantly. You're like, hang on a minute. What have I given you? What have we done? No, 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 no. Because I've also given myself the same thing. And then it will gradually get lower as they get stronger because it becomes a lot more taxing. Especially as you're lifting heavy loads, the thought of doing a hundred kilo deadlift or more for like 10 reps, is just ridiculous. On the contrary. Here we go. Here's the butt. There are exceptions and there are people there where I have used higher rep ranges. I mean, if we look at our man Cristiano, one of the first things I got him to do, or this was a terrible program, we did deadlifts and we did 12, 10, 8, 6, 15. Jeez. But, but, <laughs> Amy's looking at me with absolute disgust right now. It's hilarious. Give that to me and I'm sending it right back. But, I, I mean, if you ask him, I guarantee you he will say how much that improved his deadlift, but not like not from a hype like Oh yeah, because you've gone from fifteen reps to six. Just mentally I've already No, we went from six to fifteen. Exactly right. So the thought of doing six fifteen reps of a deadlift and then you chop me down to six or eight, I mean, I'd be happy with that too. But you do your fifteen reps at the end. Yeah, which is even worse. With the weight you did for twelve. Yeah. So basically with your compound lifts. Generally speaking, we're not going into those higher rep range movements. Yeah, generally speaking. But like at the same time, you know, rules apply to 70% of the population. It's the bell curve. And at the same time, I've got myself back offsets. I'm doing up to two reps on my deadlift. And So what would you use low rep ranges for specifically? Building strength. And tell me why. Because we had the same conversation from our own colleague who read my program. He's like, why are you doing two reps on deadlift? Reason being, right, the reason why I'm doing two reps on the deadlift is because then every week that two-rep weight becomes a four-rep weight or a three-rep weight. And when we say low reps, what do you refer to as low reps? Anything under five. Okay. Or six, five or six. Um, I mean, research is showing us that you get the most hypertrophy from anywhere between five to 30 reps. Strength is mostly under five reps. So that is what I consider low reps, under five. And what lifts would you use that for? Mostly the big compounds, your squat, bench, deadlift, uh, overhead press. So no lateral raises, no redelt flies. No, I mean, there's so many exercises where I just find that pointless. And I've done... It is very pointless. Five reps on a lateral raise. You know how fucking heavy you got to go? And exactly what gives out first? Your joints. I don't feel any delts at that point. It's just my elbow, my wrist. Like try getting fucking full range of motion with like 20 kilo dumbbells to do a five rep little raise. I'd rather go lighter and absolutely pump the shit out and then go until I can't lift my arms anymore. And this is the, you know what? I'm going to go to a little rant here. And you know what shits me? This is what shits me about fucking Instagram. And you're going to have to put an explicit thing on this one because I'm getting really upset. Everyone's like, oh, you go on social media and everyone's like, oh, if you're doing more than four to six reps or five to seven reps or eight reps, you're wasting your time on any exercise and more than two sets. How boring is your life that you're going to go in and do two sets 
of eight reps on lateral raises, six to eight reps on lateral raises. Oh, how are you like? I, no, there are some exercises that's just pointless. And how long can you do that for? Because you're going to get so strong at one point. Like you're doing bicep curls for six to eight reps continuously. You're going to get so strong. Your elbows are going to get sore. Yeah, that's where a little niggly injury. Has anybody really trained that hard, that heavy for an extent for like a couple of years? No, you're, you're cooked. You get cooked. Your joints are cooked. And that's where I think varying the rep ranges will help as well because those exercises, say lateral raises, bicep curls, et cetera, we're probably doing these exercises more than once a week. So if you're going into the gym and you're repeating the same rep range on the same exercise three times a week, don't expect to see significant progress, not only physically, but in the weight you're actually lifting. Because if you go in and do, as you said, six to eight reps of a bicep curl, the dumbbell three times a week, I guarantee you the first thing that's going to give out is probably an elbow or a shoulder, not your bicep. My brain will give out because I'll be so fucking bored about that shit. Well, this is true too. We're focusing a lot more on delts for you, for instance, and you do the nth amount of lateral raises during the week. You do lateral raises upon lateral raises. But look, you're probably a poor example because you like routine and the same thing. But how many, like, yes, you've got seed lateral raises, you've got cable lateral raises, you've got wrist height cable lateral raises, you've got many different lateral raises. But if I gave you standing lateral raise, five to seven, three times a week, I reckon even you'd get bored. Yeah, I'd get bored. You'd be like, I'm just so strong now. I can't I can't go to the next, let's say, for instance, most gyms, once I get to 10 kilos, the next weight is 12 and a half kilos. Massive jump. For an exercise like a lateral raise, even for a male, that's a big jump for such a small muscle. And for a female, you're not going to go from 10 kilos to 12 and a half kilos and still get between five to eight reps. There's just no way. Because that's the way you should be doing it. No, nah, man. Yeah, and that's where we probably come into where we'd use high reps more so for... And when we say high reps, what are we referring to? Who, you or me? This That's two different answers. Well, this is two different, yeah. So you've got our strength rep range, which we would say is our low rep, so anything below five. You've got your more hypertrophy range that we tend to spend a lot of our training time in, which is probably that six to, I'm going to say, 20 plus. And then I'd say highs anything really above like 15 reps. Look, I'd say most people's training most of the training that we would subscribe is, you know, for hypertrophy is going to be between, be between probably six to 15, just because of load and et cetera. And then there's going to be 15 to 25, 30. And what exercises do you generally use anything for, say, above 15 reps for? The main ones are going to be things like calves, redults. Uh, those are probably the two biggest ones where I don't program under 15 unless you know i've got a pause or a quarter in there maybe abs abs are uh, depending on the exercise like incline reverse crunch that I, I love to give out that's hard yeah you're not getting 15 reps of that hanging leg raises like that's hard like and these are things where you know even like chin-ups once somebody can do a chin-up just doing one chin-up many times is going to be beneficial there is no need to then put there should be a surplus well yeah but like you see people doing band chin-ups okay at the same time, there look, I'm going to say there is a time and place for the machine-assisted ones you know, if you're doing high reps, but I do believe that you're going to get more benefit out of continuously doing bodyweight chin-ups over and over again. Yeah, chin-ups are one of those exercises. I know a lot of females come to me and they say that's one of their goals. I've never been able to do a chin-up. That was my first goal. When we first started training, I was 
even though I'd done all these years of gymnastics, I was never, ever able to do a body weight chin-up. I could do push-up, but chin-ups, I could never do them. And that was always my goal was I want to do one body weight chin-up. And honestly, when it comes to working a chin-up, the best thing you can do to progress a chin-up is to do them as often as possible. Whenever you get a chance, even sometimes at the start of my workouts, I'd get up and just just try one just to see how see how they're progressing and working from there. I don't remember you not being able to do a chin-up. No, because when I came to you, that's all I'd focused on for the last past year was I just want to get one chin-up. So I've always been able to do them now since I've started training with you. But previously, I was never able to do a bodyweight chin-up and it was my goal for such a long time. But if, yeah, if chin-ups are something that you're wanting to work on and improve on, honestly, consistency is the best thing for it. And in saying that, the other places where I in particular, look, don't get me wrong, I'm a proponent of using high reps almost anywhere. I mean, I've given 15 reps on back squats, hack squats, deadlifts, et cetera. So just pull my program up. and You're an exception. You know, a lot of our the coaches that I do train at Enterprise are exceptions, especially the longer they've been with me because you guys train hard and you train with intensity and you can handle it and it's beneficial for you in terms of gen pop and those, you know, the normal competitive clients, anything over 15 reps. They just mentally tap out, let alone physically. I really don't use it unless it's, you know, maybe some cable bicep curls, maybe some lateral raises in the back end of the week. I think delts and shoulders are probably the most commonly used for the high reps. Maybe some arms as well. And then anything more than that might come from an intensifier. It might be like a drop set leg extension or a drop set seated row. And that would be because 20 reps without having, I would say even say a rest pause in between more of like a, a seated row is going to be beneficial just to give that 10 seconds for your grip to sort of shake out or 20 seconds to shake out your grip because that's going to be what gives you in first. That I suppose comes down to then the limiting factor of doing those high reps is obviously the joints and being able to brace and hold on because if you're doing say 20 reps on a leg press, versus 20 reps on a lap pull down yeah what's going to give way you know like your joints and everything are going to start to give way on a lap pull down was a leg press hey i'm not a massive advocate of 20 reps on a leg press I am. but at least you get on and you just you just push like there's nothing no elbow joints yeah maybe your knees will have a bit of a moment but they should be fairly okay you close your eyes you go to a happier place and you just go grit your teeth and just fucking get it done. That's all you do. There is no happy place when you're doing 20 reps on a leg press because I just did it today. And I'm telling you now, I couldn't find a happy place no matter how hard. Hey, I am the person that gave myself a triple drop set leg extension and a leg press A1, A2. Okay. That's like, I'm programming that for myself right now. And you know what? As I'm doing it every single week, I'm like, you idiot. Who would do that? Who does this? But then I walk off and I'm like, oh, great. What an accomplishment. Well, it's good to know that our clients, if you're listening to this, we don't just program you horrible workouts. We also do it on ourselves. We're a little bit sadistic on ourselves. I think the most or the best summary for today is obviously, one, your training intensity. Two, making sure your technique, so you're actually feeling the muscle that you are supposed to be working and three, just train hard, like just train hard with intensity and with the correct technique. If your technique is giving out and you start feeling the exercise in areas where you shouldn't, you've probably taken it too far and you need to stop. The last thing I will say on that is, although there is a lot of research saying train within two reps in reserve, 
train as close to failure as possible because in my experience, most people don't know what two reps in reserve really looks like. And that it's more like they've got five or six in reserve, not two. So all I'm going to say is if you like our podcast, if you like this episode and you're on Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. If you're on Apple, leave us a five-star review as well, please. And apart from that, Amy, where can everybody find you? Where can everybody find our podcast? So you can find me on Instagram at Amy Dorrell. You can also find our Instagram page at the Prep Files Podcast. There is an anonymous question box if you'd like to leave just a comment or a topic you'd like us to discuss. We're more than happy to go through them. You can find me on Instagram as well at coach underscore Felino, F-O-L-I-N-O. You can also find the both of us, 381 Swan Street in Richmond at Enterprise Fitness. Until the next episode, Amy, see you later. Bye.